Hey, y'all. Sam Sanders here. These days, I feel like I can't make sense of the news until I've talked it out with my friends. So I made a new show where we do that every week. It's called It's Been a Minute. That's my way of saying let's catch up. Find It's Been a Minute now on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Julian Villard, filling in for Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Julian. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage waiting to play our nerdy games and put their public school education to good use. But only one will be our big winner. And our special guest is comedian Roy Wood Jr. He's a Daily Show correspondent who actually got his start in radio doing hilarious prank phone calls. Don't you miss prank phone calls? You can't do them anymore. They are a thing of the past. Now at best, our phones prank us by auto-correcting our texts. Right? It happened to me the other day. I texted my husband, I left you some soup in the fridge, but it auto-corrected to, I have a secret family. <laughs> Roy Wood Jr. will join us later in the show, but let's meet our first two contestants. Brianna Rivera on buzzer number one. Brianna, you're a senior at Fordham University studying communications and film. Yep. Welcome. Thanks. All right. Well, your opponent, Nathan Namark, on buzzer number two. You are also a senior. That's true. Yeah, at Sarah Lawrence College studying economics and history. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Both college seniors, Nathan, doing a more classical route with the economics. It's where the money's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, Sarah Lawrence, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brianna and Nathan, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to our final round at the end of the show. So let's go to your first game. Your first challenge is a word game called Celebrity Name Combos. Julie and I will give you clues to two celebrities. You're going to take those celebrities' last names, mash them together to form a phrase. Puzzle guru R. Chung, could you give them an example? Sure. If we said, when a star of City Slickers met Ricky Ricardo's wife... He used this to see their future. You'd answer Crystal Ball. That combines the last names of Billy Crystal and Lucille Ball. Don't freak out. <laughs> okay, you can buzz in and talk out your answer. It's going to be great. And the winner will be one step closer to the final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Donna from Beverly Hills 90210 competes with the host of Full Frontal... Not for world domination, but for word domination. Talk it out. Nathan. Spelling bee? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tori Spelling, Samantha B, sort of the far ends of the blonde spectrum. <laughs> the Call of the Wild author and the actor who played the dude team up on the amazing race to crisscross the Thames over these British overpasses. Nathan. London Bridges? Correct. Nice. That's yeah. Jack London and Jeff Bridges. If the lead singer of the band Hole and an iconic PBS chef had a baby out of wedlock, it would be called this. How's it going, Archon? Do you want to give them a hint? I'll give them a hint to both sections. The first one, uh, she was married to Kurt Cobain. I think Nathan's nodding, so he got that half. Uh, and the second half, uh, there was a pretty good movie about this PBS chef starring Amy Adams. Love Child? Rihanna, Love Child is right. That is Courtney Love mashed with Julia Child. The comedian who voiced the zebra in Madagascar joined the late actor who played Uncle Buck to enjoy this old-timey boardwalk treat. Here's another clue. Uh, the comedian uh, also has hosted the Oscars twice and was on SNL. And the late actor was also in Spaceballs and Cool Runnings, my favorite 
Jamaican bobsled movie. Cool, right? <laughs> How many are there? Uh, just that one. <laughs> okay. Is it Brianna? Rock, rock candy? It yes. sure is. Yep. Yeah. Chris Rock and John Candy. Suffer from acid reflux? Well, so does one of the stars of Ride Along and the rich mean friend from Bridesmaids. Nathan. Heartburn. Yes, exactly. Kevin Hart, Rose Byrne, the Zantastic duo. It's time for hours of elementary school athletics with an Oscar winner for Norma Ray and an actor from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nathan. Field Day. Correct. Sally Field and Charlie Day. This is your last clue. Peel's comedy partner is sick of hearing about how much bigger Yeezy's house is on this Florida island. Brianna. Key West. Yeah, yeah. Key West is right. That, of course, is mashing together Keegan-Michael Key and Kanye West. Puzzleger, Art Chung, how did our contestants do? They both did great in a tough game. Congratulations to Nathan. You're one step closer to the final round. Coming up, we'll play a round of This, That, or The Other about my three former jobs— Detective, poet, and alt-rocker. But first, let's check in with our contestants. Brianna, you also work at a doggy daycare? I do. Oh, that sounds like a good job. It is. Yeah? There's nothing like going to hang out with a whole bunch of dogs after a long day at school. <laughs> so are, do people kind of overly pamper their pets in this city? Definitely. Yeah. Recently just had a lady come in with two of her dogs who said they get anxious when they hear barking. So... <laughs> There's that. It's a rough road for a dog. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Nathan, you actually have your own personal theme song that a band wrote for you? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, It was a a contest. um, So it was a a promotion for their their album, um, which came out a couple years ago. It's a band called Tally Hall, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but they they wrote this song, and uh, now it just follows me around. How's it go? Um, It essentially goes, Nathan, Nathan, nay, Mark. Um, and it, from there, it kind of sounds like the Flintstones theme sounds song. A lot like it, the, it, I was going to say, it sounds a lot like the Flintstones theme. It gets stuck in your head real yeah. easily. Sounds a lot like the Flintstones theme song, or is the Flintstones theme song? <laughs> I, I uh, will not comment okay. on, on their artistry. <laughs> okay, so it's time to play This, That, or The Other. I'm going to give you a title, and you are going to tell me which of three categories it belongs to. And today's categories are... Titles of poems written by Robert Frost. Titles of books featuring teen detective Nancy Drew. And names of alternative rock bands. No need to buzz in. We're going to alternate back and forth. Nathan, you won the last game. You win this. You'll go to the final round. Brianna, you need to win this. Or you'll be locked in the bottom of a boat and forced to tap dance in Morse code to escape just like Nancy Drew did in book number 16, The Clue of the Tapping Heels. (laughs) Remember, Robert Frost poem, Nancy Drew book, or alt-rock band. Brianna, we'll start with you. The elusive heiress. Nancy Drew? That is Nancy Drew. Yes. No such thing anymore. It's like the only one that does not have a reality show is the elusive heiress. (laughs) Nathan, the death of the hired man. I'm going to say Nancy Drew. Sounds like a Nancy Drew book, but it is not. Brianna, can you steal? Is it Robert Frost? It is Robert Frost. Yes. It's about a uh, farming couple arguing whether to rehire an aging man who worked for them for years, and guess what happens while they're trying to decide? He dies. (laughs) Brianna, the silken tent. Is that a Robert Frost? It is a Robert Frost poem. It's about a tent that's dry clean only. (laughs) Nathan, the door in the dark. 
I'll go alternative band. I wish the alternative bands were that creative. <laughs> the Door in the Dark would be the best name for like a... Be great. A, for like... A, like, a, like, a, like gothy Yeah, emo, a gothy Like emo. a kind of Cure ripoff band. Yep. Door in the Dark. Door in the Dark. Totally. I'd go to that show. I, I wish. I'm sorry, Nathan. That is incorrect. Can you steal Brianna? Nancy Drew? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's a, it's a Robert Frost poem about hitting your head on a door in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he ran out of material <laughs> Brianna the railway children I hope that's an alternative rock band yeah that's an alt rock <laughs> band yeah right because you can see their album cover and they're like on the wrong, wrong side of the tracks and stuff yeah totally they are a British alt rock never heard of them never heard of them <laughs> Nathan the 13th Pearl Nancy Drew. Yes, it is a Nancy Drew book. Nancy travels to Japan to find a lost pearl necklace. In Japan, the book was translated to The Unlucky Oyster. (laughs) These are your last clues. Brianna, The Black Cottage. Robert Frost. It is a Robert Frost. Yes. And Nathan, The Whispering Statue. Nancy Drew. Sure is Nancy Drew, yeah. All right, Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Brianna. You've tied it up by winning that round. Wow. All right, we're tied one game apiece, so it's time for a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you'll go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up, either by giving a wrong answer, repeating an answer, or taking too long, will be eliminated. You're going to have to buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 10 letters in Scrabble that are worth more than three points each. Nathan, you go first. X. X is eight points, correct. Z. Brianna, Z is correct, 10 points. Nathan. Q. Q, also 10 points. Brianna. U. No, I'm sorry. U is only worth one point. The remaining letters were F, H, J, K, V, W, N, Y. Brianna, I'm sorry. We have to say goodbye to you. Nathan, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Nathan in our final round at the end of the show. And we'll talk to comedian Roy Wood Jr. about his prank phone calling past. And we'll ask him if his refrigerator is running. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. A quick shout out to one of our sponsors who brings you this message, Casper, a sleep brand that offers obsessively engineered mattresses featuring Casper's supportive memory foam for just the right sink and bounce. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. So try Casper for 100 nights, risk-free in your own home, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com another and use the promo code another. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Tito's Handmade Vodka. Do you know how many flavors Tito's Handmade Vodka makes? The answer is just one. Vodka flavored vodka. In the early 90s, Tito started making flavored vodka for friends. When he asked liquor stores to carry it, they turned him down with the advice to forget flavors and make something so smooth you could drink it straight. So he did, and he's never looked back. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, 5th Generation Incorporated, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Julian Villard here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Julian. Before the break, our contestant Nathan won his way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who he will face off against. But first, it's time for a game we call Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. Julian and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru, Art Chung, does. That's right. Ophira and Julian, you'll have to work together as a team to figure out our mystery guest's special secret by asking yes or no questions. (laughs) 
Mystery guest, please introduce yourself. I'm Lauren Singer, and in college, I decided to change my life in a pretty radical way. That's right, and now she has a blog that tells people how to follow her lead. So, Ophira, you get to ask the first question. Okay. In hindsight, was it a smart idea? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did you change your diet? Yes. Hmm. Is that just one part of it? Yes. Okay. Uh, is what you do a recognized thing uh, in terms of helping people in the medical field? No. Okay. okay. Do your parents think you're crazy? Yes. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you require people to eat a lot of vegetables? Yeah. Depends. You don't have to. You don't have to? Not, that's not the main issue. Okay. Yeah. Do you forage and hunt for your own food? If I'm lucky. Wow. Sorry, that's not no, answer. No, you can do that. I don't know. That's a do, crazy answer. <laughs> does what you have to do have anything to do with sustainability? Yes. Do you live off the grid? No. Oh, because you have a blog. You can't be off the grid if you have a blog. Yes. Off the grid, but blogging. Um, <laughs> Do you live on a farm where basically you are growing and tending for all the food that you consume? No. What? That's a good idea, though. I, I wish. I wish. Okay. <laughs> Do you teach people how not to create any waste with their food? Yes. Yep. There you go. Yes. What? Wait. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So wait a second. So you're saying that you create zero garbage? Yes. You create zero garbage? such a leap. It was beautiful. (laughs) Okay, so Lauren's blog, Trashes for Tossers, is about living a sustainable lifestyle and generating as little trash as possible. Since 2012, the trash that she's been unable to reuse or recycle fits into a single mason jar. Lauren, can you tell the story of how you got, what inspired you to go to a zero waste lifestyle? Yeah, I was at NYU and studying environmental science and was protesting against oil and gas a lot, anti-fracking. And my senior year of college, I was in my last class that I had to take. It was my environmental studies capstone course. And there was a girl in my class, and every day she would bring in this big plastic bag full of like a plastic clamshell with food and a plastic fork and knife and a plastic drink. And she would eat everything and throw it in the garbage. And I thought she was like the worst thing that I'd ever seen. And then one day I went home to make dinner, and I opened my fridge, and I saw that everything was packaged in plastic. And like most of my clothes were made out of plastic, and uh, most of my beauty products and cleaning products were packaged in plastic. And so I realized that if I were going to study the environment and protest for the environment, that I actually had to live that way. So I decided to start to live a zero-waste lifestyle, and it's been over four years. So how do you deal with like buying things that are so wrapped in paper and plastic and containers? I just try to avoid that as much as I can. I'll buy things secondhand. I buy my food package free or in bulk or at the farmer's market. I buy all my clothing secondhand. So it's kind of just like think ahead mentality. But you also make your own products too. I do make my own products. Yeah. So I'll make my own like body lotion and deodorant. And I have a laundry detergent company where I make my own laundry detergent. Really? What do you make laundry detergent out of? Baking soda, washing soda, and Castile soap. And have you been able to then take this thing that you've done and make a business that sustains your lifestyle out of it? Two, yeah. Really? Yeah, my blog and my company. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, even your, so my uh, parents think I'm crazy, but they don't have to pay my bills. That, that's great. <laughs> I can identify with that. <laughs> I think we all can. Yes. If all of, all of our listeners wanted to just do one thing to re- make a pretty substantial difference, what would you suggest? Anything that you can do is good. There's no like one size fits all, but like plastic water bottles or reusable bags or saying no to plastic straws or getting like a bamboo toothbrush. Those are a couple. But on my blog, Trashes for Tossers, I have like a massive list of things that you can do that are super easy one-time changes that I think make a really big difference. So inspiring. Thank you so much. Give it up for our mystery guest, Lauren Singer, everybody. Guest musician Julian Villard is about to lead a game about some old wives' tales. It turns out many of them are not true, like this one. Did you know that if you swallow chewing gum, it does not stay in your stomach for seven years? Yes, but you will become the president's press secretary. (laughs) Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Janet Wong on buzzer number one. You coordinate your company's employee volunteer program. 
Yes, nice. that's right. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Logan Staffman on buzzer number two. You're working on a PhD in computer science. Yep. Welcome. All right, remember Janet and Logan, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's get to your first game. Janet, are you superstitious? I wouldn't say I'm superstitious, but I do a lot. I have a lot of habits. Okay. And routines. OCD, got it. Um, I I think my my near and dear ones know I uh, get up and eat the same thing every morning, follow the, you know, cup of coffee, a little bit of milk, bread, peanut butter. I put my pants on, you know, same leg first, yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. It's just, but it's just normal to me. Just, uh, just normal. It's the routine that works, Correct. isn't it? Yes, yes, it works for me. Yeah, I don't like things that aren't perfect. <laughs> Logan, are you superstitious? I wouldn't really say I'm superstitious, but uh, I definitely, when I'm going places, think... Uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong, so I always that's, leave really that's early. Pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> so I always leave early, oh. you know, worried I might get pulled over or in an accident or something. So I've never gotten pulled over or in an accident. Okay. <laughs> because you worry about it, so that makes sure Great. it won't happen. That's another form of. Anyways, we're fine. <laughs> we're all fine. Guess what? You get to play a music parody game called. True fact or fictitious. And Julian Villard is here to take it away. We took Stevie Wonder's song, Superstition, which is already hard to sing, and made it even harder to sing and harder to play (laughs) by changing the lyrics. I'll be singing about famous old wives' tales. Buzz in and tell me whether the old wives' tale is true or false. Be careful, because if you guess incorrectly, your opponent will automatically score the point. The winner will be one step closer to moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Here we go. True fact or fictitious? Eat your chicken soup. Yummy and nutritious. Fights cold by the school. <laughs> Janet. Well, I think it's talking about how when you're sick, you should drink chicken soup, and I believe that's true. That's it. It is true. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that's right. Any warm liquid helps fight a cold by improving the movement of mucus through the nose. And it helps prevent dehydration. So chicken soup does help you with a cold, but does nothing for your soul. <laughs> I am so hungover. Got severe brain fog. I will feel much better with hair of the dog. Logan. I think that's false. It is false. That's right. Hair of the dog. Right, the rationale is when you're hungover the next day, you drink and you'll feel better. Doesn't really sound right. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it uh, would work, but a lot of people claim that that absolutely works, and they're wrong. How will I get this gum out of my silky hair? I won't panic. Peanut butter is the way. Logan. I think that's true. Peanut butter will get gum out of your hair. That is correct. Yes, it will. The question is how do you get peanut butter out of your hair? Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be forgetful Brain needs to stay sharp Gotta eat more fish like Salmon, cod, and carp Logan. Is that one true also? It is true. Fish is brain food. That is confirmed. 
It actually keeps you smart, but the mercury makes you crazy. <laughs> this is your last clue. Lying on the beach, feel a jellyfish sting. Ask my buddy, can you pee on me today? Logan. I want to live in a world where it's true, so I'm going to say true. You really want to live in that world. Well. <laughs> I am sorry. Peeing on a jellyfish sting is false. Which I know makes my history in life a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, urine can actually increase pain by aggravating the stinger and releasing more venom. Ouch. So are you wondering what you should do the next time you get stung by a jellyfish? Sure. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> uh, most varieties of jellyfish stings can be treated by using a credit card to <laughs> scrape off the stinger. So first you have to apply for a credit card. As <laughs> 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 soon as you get a jellyfish sting, get online. I actually was told by a lifeguard or like whoever is working by a beach once to put meat tenderizer on a jellyfish sting. <laughs> Guess what? Turns out also false. I've been like pranked through jellyfish stings half my life. Have, have you suffered many jellyfish stings? Three. That's a lot. Yep. Do they, are they attracted to you unnaturally? Or? Uh, I am a lily white woman from Canada. They take <laughs> me down. <laughs> All right, Puzzleguru Archung, how did our contestants do? They both did great. Logan, congratulations. You are one step closer to the final round. We have a game about that rare film genre movies where two female characters don't talk about a man. This is a trivia game called A Bechdelicate Balance. Puzzle Guru Archung, can you please mansplain to us what the Bechdel test is? I'm going to give it a shot. The Bechdel test was developed by cartoonist Alison Bechdel, and it's a measure of how female characters are represented in media. To pass, a movie must include at least two women who have at least one conversation with each other about something other than a man. Sounds easy, right? Wrong. <laughs> Almost half of all movies can't pass this very, very basic test, but we actually found some surprising examples of bro-y films that do. So I'm going to describe a scene from a film that allows it to pass the Bechdel test, and you are going to buzz in and identify the film. Here we go. Holly encourages her pregnant secretary, Ginny, to have a drink at the Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party. Oh, okay. Uh, how about this clue? Watch out for that handsy Hans Gruber. Logan. Die Hard? Yes, Die yes. Hard. Here's your next one. High on cocaine one evening, Roller Girl asks Amber Waves to adopt her and be her mother. Janet. It's the movie with Heather Graham. Yeah, keep going. And she's on roller skates because right. she is roller girl. You're correct. And I think it's Boogie Nights. It is Boogie Nights. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, a bunch of cocaine made a movie. And <laughs> it's called Boogie Nights. Flight attendants Claire and Grace chat about how they're going to miss each other since this is Claire's last flight before she starts law school. And then a bunch of venomous reptiles are set loose. Turns out she's got her first case. Logan. Snakes on a plane? Yeah, that's right. In this Wes Anderson film, Ethelene talks to her adopted daughter, Margot, about quitting smoking, but says nothing about Ben Stiller's tracksuit problem. Janet. The Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, that is correct. Padme and Anakin's mother talk about slavery and pod racing. Logan hit that buzzer aggressively. Uh, Star Wars? Yeah, you're going to get more specific than that, I think. Do I have to? You better, yeah. All right, episode one. Anything else? Oh, that's... Uh, now I'll give it to you. I was just... A New Hope? Yeah. Oh. I, wait, wait, wait. She already said she'd give it to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Although, you know, knowing our audience, that like requires minus two points. Yeah, I was, no. <laughs> it was Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. I'm a Star Trek guy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. It's getting worse. You still got it right. This is your last clue. Katie yells at her daughter Jeannie about getting arrested after she kicked the principal in the face on the same day her brother skipped school to take a joyride in a stolen Ferrari. Janet. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That is correct. Great game. Puzzler Archung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie, so what? let's go to a quick tiebreaker. The police chief's wife, Ellen, and a local motel owner discussed whether Ellen will ever be considered an islander instead of asking, how do I not get killed by the shark? Janet. Jaws? Jaws is correct. Well done. So, Janet, with that, we've tied it up, and we're going to another quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 11 Broadway shows that have run for more than 5,000 consecutive performances. Logan, you're first. Cats. Cats is correct. 7,485 performances. Janet. Chicago. Chicago, number two, over 8,300. Logan. Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera is number one, 12,000 performances. Janet. A chorus line? That is correct. 6,000 and change. Logan. The Lion King? Lion King, over 8,000. Six left. Janet? Wicked? Wicked, correct. 5,500. Logan? I'm going to have to add, give you three seconds. Um, uh, 42nd Street? No, I'm sorry. 42nd Street was not a correct answer. The remaining answers were Beauty and the Beast, Les Miserables, Mamma Mia, O'Calcutta, and Rent. So I'm sorry to say, Logan, we have to say goodbye to you. Janet, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round. It's settled. Our finalists are Nathan and Janet. They'll face off in our final round at the end of the show. And if you love Quizzo, Cheesesteaks, and Betsy Ross, good news. We are coming to Philadelphia. On Friday, February 24th, we'll be at the Keswick Theater for a live taping of our show with special guest Amy Sedaris. Tickets and information at amatickets.org. Coming up, thanks to Roy Wood Jr., we finally have a puzzle on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, and it's a jigsaw puzzle. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. We'd like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. At Stoke, they recognize that not every bean measures up. Stoke is seeped at cool temperatures for at least 10 hours to achieve a smooth taste. It's slow brewed like all of the best ideas. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee, look at you go. Hey, it's Guy Raz here. If you love this podcast, you might also love the TED Radio Hour. It's a show about what it means to be a human. We grieve, we experience joy, sadness, love, and jealousy. We can be cruel and empathetic. We have the capacity to imagine the future and the past. And at a time when it seems we're so divided, the TED Radio Hour explores what makes us unique among all species. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, or however you get your podcasts. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Julian Villard here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Julian. Soon we'll find out who will be today's big winner, but first it's time to welcome our special guest. He's a correspondent on The Daily Show and his new Comedy Central special is called Father Figure. Please welcome Roy Wood Jr. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for doing it. Now, uh, we know you as a correspondent on The Daily Show, but you worked as a professional comedian for years and yeah. actually got your start on radio. Yeah. And yeah. you were known for doing these hilarious prank phone calls. Yeah, got fired for doing those prank phone calls. 
There's a lot of drama with prank phone calls because I did real ones and apparently you're supposed to fake them, but come on, who wants to do that? That's not fun. I got suspended one time for a prank phone call that I did. Um, I called a cruise ship company. I told him my granddaddy left his wallet on the slave ship when he came from Africa. <laughs> and I needed them to check lost and found. The lady on the phone tried to help me find the ship. And I got in trouble because she's too dumb to realize that the ship was not booked by her cruise line. <laughs> now, you've been on The Daily Show since 2015. Yeah, I was there Trevor's first day. So Trevor's first day, yeah, I'm your Trevor first day. Trevor Regime. Uh, there's no overlap with But John this was Stewart. your first audition, second audition for this The Daily Show? This is my second audition. I, oh, I, my first audition was trash. <laughs> Oh, it was trash. And, like, and I didn't even realize it was trash until, like, after the fact. This is, I don't know, 06, 07. Comedians walk into auditions, like, you ever see the footage before an NBA game where, like, the, the player's just walking through the tunnel with this eye of the tiger, and he's got his Beats by Dre headphones on? <laughs> That's how you sit in the audition room. Like, I'm here to crush this audition. I go in, I totally lay a turd. <laughs> and I left my phone in the room. So the next person had already gone in after me, so I have to sit in the waiting room and listen to their audition and they murder. <laughs> and you're hearing laughs that you didn't get erupting from the room. And the guy who walked out the room was Wyatt Sinat. Uh -huh. It was amazing. And I have to go back in the room after Wyatt Sinek just murdered. Yeah, it's me again. I left my phone. <laughs> uh, if you just remember, it right there, the iPhone too, if I could just get that. Appreciate <laughs> Through that audition and listening, you start realizing the things that you did wrong. And to be able to get an, another opportunity, you know, I went in and you know, I did my best, and thankfully it was enough. It's so. great. Well, cool. I mean, you are uh, awesome on the show. You know, you're known for a lot of great segments. Uh, obviously, the Black Trump video, music video, was a huge, huge hit. Uh, I'm sure, in hindsight, it's even more poignant. Yeah, it's like we took all of Trump's tweets and turned them into a rap song. It rhymed, it all had the same bravado and badassery and misogyny of a, a lot of rap music, and it still wasn't enough. It was like it just rolled off him. He was like, yeah, that was a good track. You got another? <laughs> so yeah, it's been interesting to create comedy under this new construct, because right. that literally changed on election night. Not only has the show changed, but I feel like the way people watch The Daily Show it's different now. Like the humor has been a little bit more specific because you have to be laser precise with, I believe, the type of satire that we do on the show. It can't be broad. You can't just be, that's crazy. He's crazy. Can you believe that person got confirmed? Well, you got to dig. What's the backstory on this person? How does this person connect to this policy in this country? And like that type of stuff matters now more than even ever. And it's, I don't know if it's therapeutic for some people or if it's figuring out a way, but like just the way people will come up and speak. Like now, people come up and they like grab your hand and they go, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> you must stay, we need you. So it, it definitely feels good. You know, you already felt like you were doing something that mattered, but now you really feel the like voice this stuff. Of, yeah, yeah on, Absolutely. on that station. So is it's important. not something I take lightly. I will not ruin this with a slave ship prank phone call. <laughs> <laughs> but your new Comedy Central special is called Father Figure. This is sort of a special kind of for your son who is going to be navigating the yeah, brave new it's, world. I'm, I'm trying my best to leave a blueprint of helping him make sense of the world. I'm still trying to figure this out myself. So how do I raise someone in a world where you might be treated like trash simply because of the color of your skin? How do I raise someone in a world where smoothies are $9? Like how? <laughs> These are both atrocities. I just... <laughs> 
they're different ends of the spectrum. I'm not gonna say one's more important than the other, but if there were a smoothie protest and the schedule matched up, I might show up to that protest too. I'll go to the Muslim ban protest for an hour and I'm like, catch you guys later. We're protesting pomegranate. It's not fair that it costs that much. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's pretty much the genesis of it. It's just trying to figure out how to make sense of so much stuff in the world. Because for me, issues are timeless. The only thing that would have thrown this special off is if racism was solved in the last five months. I, so, I hope by the time your son watches the special that he looks at it and goes, I don't understand what you're talking about. I literally this hope all that. has been solved. I literally hope that. Yeah. That would be great. But smoothies are free, Dad. <laughs> Boy, when I was your age, them smoothies was only nine dollars. Gotta pay twenty-eight dollars for that damn smoothie. <laughs> so, Roy, when we were researching you, we found out that you love doing jigsaw puzzles. Yes, yes, okay. it's. Uh, very cathartic. It's one of the few things I can do to clear my mind. Jigsaw puzzles, Sudoku, and video games. Yeah. Like, legitimately, those are the three things. If I need to think about nothing and really defrag, I can just do a puzzle, and once I complete it, I glue it and try to frame it and mount it on the oh, wall. Oh, you have so, them on yeah, the wall, too? Yeah, I try to keep them. Yeah, I like, I like doing it, but I'm very specific. It's panoramic puzzles. Yeah. And generally by this company, Buffalo Games. Buffalo Games has these really dope, amazing HD photographers that take all these amazing cityscapes and skylines and stuff. It's Do you take them with you on the road? No. No. I should, though. <laughs> Is there a particular one that was like challenging or had a, a uh, strong memory attached that you always... The New York of... City puzzle, because the girl I was dating at the time, when she get mad at me, she knew that she could get back at me by undoing the puzzle. What? <laughs> that is cold. I know this show just took a right turn. Yeah. All of a sudden. I, like the, I have a Vegas one as well that glows in the dark. I know I'm a 38-year-old mm. man. I shouldn't be excited about it. <laughs> Sometimes at night I hold a flashlight to it so that they like really glow Dazzle. real good when you kill the lights and yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is great because you know a lot about jigsaw puzzles. We like them a lot. So we've written a quiz for you all about jigsaw puzzles. And depending on how you do, Christina Uhas of Cleveland, Ohio will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Here's all your right. first question. During what period of American history were jigsaw puzzles extremely popular selling 10 million puzzles a week. Oh, was this it... is definitely pre-television. <laughs> <laughs> was it A, the Great Depression, B, <laughs> World War II, or C, the sexual revolution of the 1960s? I'm going to go Great Depression because you had a lot of free time because people weren't working as much. And it's just cardboard, so it's got to be pretty cheap to buy. Yeah, and then you can just use it for fuel. Yeah, you can burn, burn it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go with A, Great Depression. You are correct. Wow, yes, right. indeed. Deductive reasoning. Some jigsaw puzzles include special pieces that are cut into a unique shape, like a dolphin or a lighthouse. What are these special pieces called? Are they called A, illegitimates, B, keystones, or C, whimsy pieces? Keystones. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <sighs> They are called whimsy pieces. Well, that's just stupid. <laughs> Should be called a keystone. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's really cool. I don't. Jigsaw. That's what I do when I get the answer wrong. I just insult the, whoever the creator <laughs> of this truth was. You've said that your favorite jigsaw manufacturer is Buffalo Games. First of all, what do you have against Ravensburger? Well, nothing. If they have some dope panoramic city skylines, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a couple. I'm in there. But Buffalo Games is killing the city skylines. All right. <laughs> got Seattle, Chicago, New York, Vegas, Boston, Niagara Falls, the Albuquerque Hot Air Balloon Festival. Are you kidding me? There's just, they're just, just banger after banger after banger. <laughs> Which of these is not an image featured in a puzzle sold by Buffalo Games? A- a cat chewing on yarn. B, a donut collage. 
or C, gender-swapped Avengers? It's, I, my guess would be gender-swapped Avengers. Yeah, there are no gender-swapped Avengers. That's right. This is your last clue. Within a minute, guess the world record for the fastest time to complete a 250-piece jigsaw puzzle. Usually it takes me about an hour to sort the edges. I love this. Another I want to hear your process. 40 minutes to color match. I color match all pieces. I start with the ground and sort ground, then you do skyline, and then you... After you do skyline, you do interiors of the buildings, and interior of the buildings, you do the actual sky. And if there's clouds, if it's sunset, you separate purple clouds from the blue clouds. Cumulonimbus versus the stratus clouds. You have to know all the different types of clouds. So, so it usually takes me about seven hours. So. 250 piece jigsaw puzzle, I'm gonna say 30 minutes. Well, it was 13 minutes and seven seconds. That's... Like, how do you train for that? Like, how do you? Is the question how or is the question why? <laughs> <laughs> do you, how do you do your puzzles? Are you a, do you start in the center? Do you do your center no, stuff first? Edges. Do you do edges, edges first? Edges, yeah. And then build from there. Yeah. And it's satisfying. They I meet people that do puzzles from the inside out, and I'm just like, I, we can't be friends. No. There's something... <laughs> odd about that. It's like eating a hot dog sideways. It's like, that's just not right. It's not what we do as Americans. You, <laughs> you find the corners and then you go from there. And then you go from there. Uh, you did pretty incredible, but let me double check. Puzzaker Archung, how did our special guest Roy Wood Jr. do? Congratulations, Roy. You and Christina Yuhas have both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. You're welcome. Roy's Comedy Central special Father Figure premieres on February 19th. Give it up for Roy Wood Jr. Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Nathan Neymark, who has his own theme song that sounds suspiciously similar to the Flintstones theme song. And Janet Wong, who does the same thing every morning and always puts her right pant leg on first. <laughs> Puzzleger Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophir. Janet and Nathan, your final round is called Menage a Trois. Each question is about a group of three members. I'll name each individual member, and you tell me their collective name. So, for example, if I said Larry, Moe, and Curly, you'd say the Three Stooges. We're going to play this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get the same number of questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a jigsaw puzzle of two squirrels at a picnic table signed by Roy Wood Jr. <laughs> we rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Janet is going first. Here we go. Janet, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams, and Beyonce Knowles. Destiny's Child. That is correct. Nathan, International Man of Mystery, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Gold Member. Austin Powers movie? That's the Austin Powers trilogy. Janet, Diary, The Edge of Reason, Baby. Uh, Bridget Jones movies. That is correct. Nathan, from an Alexandra Dumas novel, Porthos, Athos, and Aramis. Mm, three seconds. Any guesses? Those were the Three Musketeers. Janet, from a McGee movie, agents played by Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore, and Cameron Diaz. Charlie's Angels. That is correct. Nathan, Blossom, Bubbles, Buttercup. Powerpuff Girls. Those are Powerpuff Girls, correct. <laughs> now we know your wheelhouse. <laughs> Janet, Daryl McDaniels, Jam Master J, Reverend Run. Run DMC? That is right. Nathan, Jose Carreras, Placido Domingo, Luciano Pavarotti. Three seconds. The three opera singers? <laughs> Technically correct, but we were looking for the three tenors, specifically. All right, we're at the halfway point. Janet is in the lead, four to two. Janet, you may not injure a human. You must obey orders unless this violates the first law. You must protect yourself unless this violates the first or second law. 
I do not know, so I'm going to guess the rules for the Hunger Games. <laughs> also, good guess. No, we're looking for the Rules of Robotics by Isaac Asimov from iRobot. Nathan, in the Olympics, a 1,500-meter swim, a 40-kilometer bike ride, and a 10-kilometer run. Triathlon. Those are triathlon events, correct. Janet, in religion, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. They're Hindu gods. We're looking for a specific term. Do you want all three of their names? Shiva's the destroyer, Vishnu's the creator. And um, do you say Brahma? Um... I'm sorry, we're looking for the Hindu trinity. They're specifically, you're correct, they're the gods of birth, life, and death. Nathan, you need to get this right to stay in the game. In your own body, the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ilium. The three central body parts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, those are all parts of your small intestine, which means, Janet, congratulations, you're our winner. Congratulations, Janet, and that's our show. Information on how to see Ask Me Another Live, including our upcoming show in Philadelphia on February 24th, is at amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Julian Villard. Naive Daljar. Our puzzles were written by David Letzler, Camila Salazar, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Toya Singh, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Are you in college or freshly out of college? Do you do crossword puzzles in pen? Are you the MVP of your trivia or board game party night? If any of these things grabbed your attention, guess what? We are now accepting fall internship applications. Learn more and apply at www.mpr.org careers. Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Chris Colfer joins us to talk about playing Kurt on the TV series Glee and about his YA book series, The Land of Stories. Plus, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Jonathan Colton leads a music parody game about cities nobody admits they're from. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.